1: begin. Welcome to the Elysium Project. In the Olympian tradition, Elysium is the highest heaven the human mind can conceive. Join Hercules on his latest and greatest quest, making the life we live and the earth we share a paradise for all. and welcome to the Elysium Project. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and this segment is called The Age of Heroes. Um, Let me get into that a little bit more so that uh, you can understand where we're coming from and where we hope to be going. Uh, Way back in uh, the dawn of this new millennium, I declared in New York City that the age of the victim is finally over and that the age of the heroes has begun. The way of the hero posits that one must utilize one's individual strengths to make one's world a better place. One need not be perfect or operating from ideal circumstances either. Are not the heroes that inspire us often tragically flawed? Are their lives not in a constant state of flux and full of uncertainty? Does this prevent them from attempting and accomplishing great things? Our Age of Heroes initiatives in the past have harnessed the creative energy and focused the attention of many heroic individuals with radically diverse backgrounds over the years, directing it towards improving the collective quality of human life. The Age of Heroes has always welcomed secular, intra-faith and interfaith participation. As with the Argonaut expedition of old, The children of different and sometimes boring gods are invited to partner with exceptional mortals to face great challenges and accomplish something that really needs to get done. In the early dawn of this new millennium, which uh, I would say was from 2000-2005, I partnered with individuals and organizations to stem the tide of the ever-growing digital divide in New York City. Our collective efforts led to a free computer drop-in center in downtown Brooklyn and an innovative intern-extern volunteer program called New Shores. Our adventures were chronicled through the e-radio show Navigating the Digital Divide, a comic strip in Big News, a few cliffhanger tales in Psych Journey, presentations at conferences, and an Age of Heroes special episode in the third season of my French television show. From 2005 to 2014, the focus of what's narrower. I champion literacy, functional, vocational, cultural, informational, digital, multicultural, environmental in rural Northeastern Pennsylvania and Northwestern New Jersey through my individual efforts in partnership with my wife for a Mythic 501C uh, and via coordinated cooperative endeavors with local individuals and organizations. Local media and our website chronicle those adventures. Now that our sojourn has returned us to northern New Jersey and the greater New York metropolitan area, I'm inspired to dedicate myself to actualizing the ultimate dream, manifesting Elysium in the here and now. Elysium is the highest heaven that the mortal mind can conceive. And the Elysium project is, in truth, the ultimate quest. Uh, While we're waiting for our guest uh, to call in, I'll be playing a nice uh, song. Let me see if I can find something here that uh, uh, appeals to me and would appeal to my audience. How about Say Yes? I haven't heard that song, but it's by I'm Michaela, and uh, we should say yes to positive things. Project. I'm your host, Hercules Invictus, and our first guest is Mark Zinna, Councilman for Tenafly. Greetings and welcome, Mark.
2: Hello, Hercules. How are you doing this evening?
1: I'm doing awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to speaking with you post your Ascension Ceremony, where the governor of New Jersey uh, uh, came and swore you in. That I stayed for the beginnings of that, but unfortunately I couldn't stay for the whole thing. How did it go?
2: Of course, thank you for having me on this evening. It's always a pleasure to be uh, speaking with you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Number, uh, right? And your listeners are great, so I appreciate the time. Um, the, it, was an, it was a fabulous event. Uh, I reached out to the governor shortly after the election results went in our favor. And uh, he was very happy uh, and said to me that he was honored to come and, and perform the swearing-in. And, uh, you know, we were opponents in the, primary, uh, in the primary election, you know, when he became governor. And, uh, you know, post-election, we were very cordial and friendly to each other. And uh, we developed a relationship, and he was more than happy to come up and, uh, and spend that time with us, swearing us in.
1: That is awesome. And it shows a bigness of spirit.
2: Well, it does. You know, he, he spoke about that, you know, it, and it's really the opposite of the current political climate in the country. One of the things he spoke about when he was at the swearing-in was that the election, the primary election was over, he won, I lost, and I didn't, uh, I didn't behave in a manner that was inconsistent with, um, you know, good government and uh, in a way that moves things forward. You put things behind you and you go forward and you work together to make the state and the world a better place to live in. And that was my point of view. And that was his point of view, which is how we developed a friendly relationship.
1: Uh, and that is awesome. And as I begin my political journey, that is a lesson that uh, I have now learned from you. So thank you uh, for oh, providing pleasure. you with a very valuable insight as I begin uh, my journey down that uh uh, road, um, I am very excited tonight to be learning more about New York's efforts uh, at healthcare for all. I know California passed some legislation, uh, and now New York—that brings a lot of hope back into the picture.
2: Well, well, I think I think the, the country is moving slowly in the direction of a single-payer Medicaid for all type of system because we're all recognizing the cost structure of the way we play this kind of roulette game now. Maybe you have money for health insurance. Maybe you don't, that sort of thing. And the folks who don't have money for the insurance, they wind up taking themselves and their children to the hospital, which costs an absolute fortune. And right. we're all paying for that. The taxpayers have to pay for that. So we're already paying more than we should be paying. And it's it's the smart move, you know. I see health care as, as a right. Uh, it's not something we should be insuring for. We're all going to need access to the healthcare care system. We're guaranteed to use it. So we all have to chip in our part, and we all should have access to the system. I mean, New York City is spending billions of dollars a year uh, towards, towards emergency room procedures and processes that shouldn't be happening there because if you're a parent, and your child is sick with the flu, let's say, and they need a shot, whatever it might be. Uh, you're going to take them to the emergency room, rather than your regular doctor, because you can't afford the regular doctor, and the emergency rooms are required to take every patient. So, you know, it's a real, it's a, it's a, a real problem with the structure in the system. And Mayor De Blasio, like many people, recognizes that, and he's addressing it.
1: I worked in emergency rooms uh, throughout my career as a patient uh, advocate, and uh, I know that that was a temptation. You know, people would wait until they got really sick, and then they go to an emergency room because of the, the reasons that uh, you shared. Uh, but right. that was a right. double-edged sword because they'd wind up getting charged um, many times what they would have paid uh, to see a doctor several times. And oh, uh, as you pointed oh, out, too, a lot of times they couldn't afford to pay that, so then – uh, arrangements have to be made for it to be paid by the the taxpayer. So, um, yeah, that that system did not work very well.
2: You know, it's it's interesting some of the details of it. If you have a health insurance pla- ta- plan, and let's say the the medical procedure you have to go through is going to cost a thousand dollars, okay? Well, on mm-hmm. health insurance, you'll pay your you know the health uh, the health going through the health insurance company. The procedure will be a thousand dollars. But if you show up without health insurance, very often the prices are significantly more uh because three times that the people more, who have yeah. to, it could be up to three times more so the same procedure for someone paying in cash or having to you know pay bills over months at a time could be $3000 so the system is inherently uh dysfunctional and it 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 needs to be fixed
1: oh i'm with you i am with you there um are there any um Initiatives happening here locally in Tenafly or in Bergen County uh, that are pushing for uh, this type of coverage for all.
2: So, like on a um, on a a local municipal or a New Jersey city level, the municipalities Mm -hmm. and New Jersey cities simply aren't large enough to have a sufficient uh, pool, a, a sufficient base of taxpayers to be able to. Afford a healthcare system individually. You know, Tenafly okay. has fourteen and a half thousand people. It can't afford to have a healthcare system for, ten- for, for, for that number of people. You need a large group with millions of people in order to make that cost effective. Because you could be in a you could be in a town that, that for instance, has a lot of uh, um, 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 homes for fifty five and up, or it might have a lot of facilities for very senior citizens where the health care costs in that town, if you compiled it all together, would be disproportionate to other towns, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, 30% of all health care dollars are spent in the last I don't know, five to ten years of a person's life. So if you're in a community that has a large elderly population, they can't afford to do something like that. You need a large base where you have young people who don't use health care resources as much because they're young and healthy. Um, So that's why you need large community bases to be able to make that work. So the state of New Jersey uh, would be able to do it because there's almost 9 million people in the state, and we have a very diverse population of very healthy people and people who need more access to the system. So it works on a state level. In New York City it will work because their population is almost as large as New Jersey. Right. So the economics and the, the, all the economics work there. And uh, uh, for Mayor de Blasio to, uh, to do this is a smart move.
1: And uh, since we have California and now New York City uh, moving in that direction, we can learn from uh, the, the process uh, that they're going through to make this a reality for their citizens. So uh, that is really good, and uh, we can learn from their successes and from their mistakes.
2: Well, absolutely. You know, the, 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 the federal Medicaid system, you know, the Medicare system, um, which you have to be, you know, 65 years old to take part in, that system works. And the cost, the administrative cost of delivering services uh, through Medicare are a fraction of what it costs to deliver the same dollars through the commercial health insurance market. So it's one of the things that the federal government – actually does more efficiently than the private sector does because of the large pool of people and everyone's paying into it. So it's, it's, it's less expensive to run.
1: And you opened my eyes to something that uh, it it makes it's common sense, but it didn't seem like common sense until you made it uh, common sense in terms of uh, that. This shouldn't be, should not be a burden for employers, especially uh, small employers. Um, and well, th- that, th- after you explained it, that made perfect sense. And I've actually uh, used your words to sh- spread some of that light around to, to help other people see that, no, we, need, we can't go back to what we were doing before. That had problems, uh, which led to the problems we're now having, uh, both directly and indirectly. We need a new solution. So I want to thank you for that.
2: No, my, my pleasure. It's just, uh, you know, information is power. And the whole i the whole concept that uh, you know if I break my leg or my wife is having a baby, whatever the you know, my children need uh, uh, vaccines, how my employer is involved in our family's health care decisions and healthcare care needs, it simply doesn't make any sense. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not about, you know some people might say, well, big corporations should pay their fair share. well, not with healthcare. I, I don't want a company I work for being involved in how what healthcare needs I need. That's really right. between myself and my doctor and the hospital and, and whatever and we just have to we have to figure out smarter ways of distributing the resources. We're already spending more than we need to be spending. Okay? And I'm not talking about rationing health care. All I'm saying mm-hmm. is we're already spending too much on what we're doing now And as California and New York City have recognized, there's more efficient ways of doing it.
1: Oh, most certainly so. And that's something I feel passionately about. Uh, A lot of my career was spent working in hospitals and in nonprofit organizations uh, that were um, health-focused, whether it was mental health or physical health. Uh, so I feel very passionately about uh, this uh, topic, and uh, I'm very encouraged by what I'm learning and what I'm seeing, uh, despite the initial uh, negativity that uh, uh, I found myself uh, confronting. I see very many positive changes happening in a very short amount of time.
2: Yeah, I think, I think that's correct, and it's, hap- it's like musical chairs. What's happening is too many people are missing out on healthcare services, and the cost of health insurance is becoming so ridiculously high that um, we're starting to see a scenario where uh, people are unable to write the checks for the way the system is structured now, and that's forcing changes. I can tell you in Tenafly, as in most municipalities in New Jersey, we have sometimes we have employees whose whose health care benefits, the health insurance benefits we pay, are more expensive than their actual salaries um for wow. a family plans. And that affects every municipality's decision in whether they hire full time workers well, or part time workers. Yes. Right. So you have you have government agencies that are deciding not to hire full time people because they can't afford the, the, the health insurance costs. That's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense at all.
1: No, it, it, does, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, um, I can see, like, again, the world has changed uh, drastically. Uh, but I remember before uh, when uh, I was a uh, professional who was much sought after uh, from my expertise and uh, my experience um, in, uh, like, psychiatric rehabilitation, vocational rehabilitation, and those type of uh, um, areas, um, insurance and vacation and retirement plans – these were all like icing on the cake and, right. uh, and and basically when you went through your negotiation is what can they offer you? So it's like all right, we can offer you this for salary but for you have this healthcare plan and this retirement plan and you know and so on and so forth and, and they went back and forth for a while uh, until everybody uh, was happy or uh, okay with what was on the table, and then you moved uh, forward with what you were doing. Uh, so uh, um, I can see employers offering or municipalities offering uh, people um, health care incentives, but not shouldering the burden.
2: Oh, 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 absolutely, right. You know, in terms of health care incentives, you know, there should always be. Uh, you know, if a person has to go to the doctor, um, there should always be a little bit of a a a cost on part of the on the part of the person who, who needs the health services, because you don't want to encourage people to go to the doctor just for the sake of going. So and, and, I, and I don't mean anything expensive. I mean, whether it's fifty dollars or seventy five dollars, you know, the thirty five dollar copay to go to the doctor, or the doctor does um what he needs to do or what she needs to do and you move on this way everyone has a responsibility for their health care um so it's not an amount of money that's burdensome that will prevent people from going to the doctor but you mm-hmm. don't you don't want mom and dad showing up every time one of the kids has the sniffles uh to make sure you know they they don't have anything more than that
1: Right. There's still a lot of gray areas that need to be explored, and and again, as you pointed out, we're moving in the right direction. So as it progresses, whatever we come up with, I'm sure we'll need to tweak it and polish it up until we have a finished product, and that could take some time, given where we currently are with that whole initiative.
2: That that it will take a few years, but. You know, in the past, people have considered government-run, uh, you know, people have looked at a single-payer system as akin to some sort of socialized medicine where the government's making decisions on who gets what treatment. And that's not at all what is uh, evolving. Uh, that's not what uh, California or New York is going to do. These single-payer systems, There'll they'll, you'll, you'll still have your same private doctor's. You'll have private hospitals. You'll have public hospitals. You'll have the healthcare delivery systems and doctors and nurses and professionals will still be private. Uh, it'll just be the way the federal government or the state governments will write the checks out of the checkbook. That's all. Um, it's pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. You know, doctors will make medical decisions. That's who should be making medical decisions. Correct. You know, I recently, I, I, I recently had the pleasure of uh, breaking one of the bones in my leg and i'm healing quite nicely thanks thanks to the care of the doctors and everything is good um but the point is at every stage in the process that my health insurance my the insurance company was involved in the decisions of did i need an x-ray did i need a brace did i need this and what is what is the insurance company ceo involved with if the doctor says I need this. Well, then that, the doctor is right. doing what's medically necessary. Nothing more, nothing less.
1: Alas, we've come to the end of today's uh, journey. It, it it comes all too soon. Uh, Mark, thank you for being on the show. Um, and uh, I will be speaking with you uh, by email or by phone uh, before the weekend uh, because I'm transitioning into uh, moving all this to another station. And uh, I like talking to you, and people like listening to you. Everywhere I go where people uh, bring up the show, uh, they always mention you and how they they like listening to you. You're very informed. You're very enthusiastic. uh, And I like that uh, very much as well. Uh, So uh, I want, what do you call it? Like, for instance, now I have two Age of Heroes slots a month. I'd like you to be in at least one of them. And uh, oh, I'd love we're starting to. a new s- segment that you and Wendy actually tested a little bit with uh, having conversations on issues. Uh, so I'd like That's to fabulous. invite you to be on that one as well.
2: I'd love to do that. Thank you very much for including me, Hercules. It's, uh, it's very generous of you. I enjoy our conversations. And I'm looking forward to the next one.
1: Okay, fantastic. Are there any last words of wisdom you would care to leave people with?
2: Let your elected officials know how you feel. Call them, email them, write them, show up at their offices. Uh, we see how in, uh, in the 11th Congressional District in New Jersey, uh, it's made a huge difference. Uh, uh, Mickey Sherrill got elected to Congress, and it was all because uh, the voters and citizens were out there uh, doing their thing, having their voices heard. That's the most important part. And and people should show up at their local town and city council meetings and make their voices heard. Very important.
1: Amen and very wise. In fact, our next guest, Astrid from Sussex County, uh, she prepared a yep. whole presentation today on how people can get involved. She, uh, she sent me uh, emails and web pages. So uh, we will That's now That's what you told us. Thanks a lot, Mark. Have an awesome day.
2: Take care, Hercules. Have a good night.
1: You too. Um, Bye-bye. We will not be taking a music break. We're going to go straight to Astrid. Uh, Greetings and welcome, Astrid. How are you? Greetings, Hercules. And how are you? I'm doing extremely awesome. Uh, We have some awesome hosts and guests and... uh, uh, and everybody's coming together, uh, I'd like to invite you to that. Uh, you already have a show, so you're on uh, regularly, uh, but I would like you to be part of those conversations we'll be having. We're going to have an issues-based show. Um, you and Bill have had that a couple of times, and asked, uh, and um, Mark and Wendy have done that a couple of times, and it was really great.
3: Mm, it uh, sounds
1: great, and I did catch part of uh, –
4: of of mark's presentation it was excellent discussing health care and i would love for him to and a few others to address the issue of health care for seniors in terms of uh... the application of their funds being diminished by their health care and then going off medicare and then going and using their own funds and then having to go to medicaid particularly the nursing home situation which right. really needs to be an alternative method, because how in the world can anyone pay eight between eight and ten k a month for nursing right. care? I mean, it's mind blowing. I know there are other alternative methods being uh, researched and actually being applied in some towns. I think there is even one in New Jersey. I was reading about that there are communities set up so you have small apartments and um it basically is a support group and they have um doctors and and um clinical care and dietitians it, it's almost like a group home type of a situation but with their own apartments uh-huh and you know maybe that's the way to go because the way it's being done now taxpayers are paying an, an astronomical amount of money people hear the word medicaid and they think of people booking the system you know that they don't right. want to work uh, there are so many people that are, can't make ends meet that have lost their jobs that are getting supplemental uh, care that are getting uh, nursing care like I said they they used all of their life savings to pay for a nursing home and then are moved to Medi- Medicaid which, which is taxpayer funded Uh, at an unbelievable exorbitant rate of money. So that's going to have to definitely be explored because at this point, with the aging population, it is not going to get better.
1: No, it's not. And uh, we have all, as you said, all of us have been touched by uh, um, this uh, challenge in our society. Uh, Most definitely. uh, it would be a great thing to uh, discuss that in the forum. So, since you're on the forum, and Mark's on the forum, and Wendy will be on the forum, uh, let's, sure, uh, sounds great. Bill will be on the forum. Let's throw that in there and let's uh, tackle it.
4: <laughs> sounds great. Sounds great. And I'd like to begin our um, our session today with our listeners and yourself as well, uh, going okay. a little bit into Sussex County in terms of of what is available. You know, we always seem to touch on the things that are. That need to be explored and and negative issues that need to be um, counterbalanced. But I'd like to start off with something positive for the new year, and that is uh, some of the things going on in Sussex County. I know Mm -hmm. that I did mention in December that Project Self-Sufficiency is such an unbelievable program. It really is, and how it touches so many different aspects of people's lives. And and, um, I did send you a few um, um, websites later on that people can go to to be more proactive, to get access information on some of the bills and actions taking place, and as well as some of the things locally that can just afford more information. Like Project Self-Sufficiency, I was amazed at the amount of, of supports and assistance that they have in terms of programs such as... I've uh, shared the, those
1: two already. I've shared those yeah, two I shared them again today. Uh, the websites for uh, uh, Project Self-Sufficiency. Uh, New Jersey the Sussex yeah.
4: State. That's wonderful because I know They're going to have they have free legal Consultants they have home Visitation by appointment They have computer classes And different skill levels and ages Parenting classes For uh, school age Children they have something called the New Jersey Youth Corps something Called higher opportunities for Women they have constant Fundraisers for uh, Certain situations it's amazing. And they had the back to school fair, case management, children's and teen programs, substance abuse, family expo, family success center, uh, different health programs, holiday assistance, housing, life skills support groups, Project Sussex Kids. I know they have a prom shop for those students that are in need, special needs fair. Um, so. It blows my mind how extensive this right. project self-sufficiency is. And uh, I did provide you with a site, so if any one of our listeners are interested, they can go to the website, and I think there was even some more information there in terms okay. of um, different offices. I, I also included the New Jersey Office of um, the Township, Township Journal. It is a free, can you believe it, a free publication... The only publication that I could think of in this area in Sussex County is the New Jersey Herald News. The only one. And it basically offers one point of view. Uh, and uh, it, not enough information. I mean, it has some, but I, I like the fact that the Township Journal is open to basically three zip codes that are free, which is 07860, 07821, 07821. 07874 and if you're in a different zip code and you want to access it you you can pay a fee. I think it's like a year subscription is for $42 and I'll include that wow. phone number, you know, which but it's it's weekly and it starts off with uh in your community the things going on and there was something about a reading program at an early learning center Invol- that was pro- involved with Project Self-Sufficiency, so that was interesting. And something I thought that was very positive, too, is this family in Sussex County called the Serbo family. They have tree farms. Okay. And they, they do a lot of volunteerism and a lot of fundraising for different uh, groups in need. They were actively involved in the Trees for Troops that is done nationally and Trees for Troops nationwide obtains 6,500 trees that are donated and traveled to people that are in the service so Um, that's amazing so things that that people normally wouldn't have uh, access to they do so if they're deployed in certain sections they're able to um, access them and um, Serbo was involved with this they have a farm in Frankfurt Township and they uh-huh. transported about oh, 110 trees. They donated 110 trees
5: wow.
4: that involved, you know, the troops, and they transported it to the Serbo's distribution center in Parsippany. And the um, the people came together. The people in Parsippany, the community, came together with the Girl Scouts, the firemen. They all pitched in to help the troops. So, um, you know, kudos to the Serbo family for stepping up again. Oh, so for no. another worthy cause, uh, it, it's nice to read positive news. The no uh, township Township Journal also includes events. So if your group has an event or a, a meeting, for instance, you know the Sussex County um, local Democratic or Republican Party, if they're doing something, they can post something. They have a, a special number for that. You can add your your events. So it's not a classified ad. It's an actual event system. You know, it's got like, a, like a, oh, uh, a paper bulletin board of, of a daily events that go on, and the phone numbers and, and websites and accesses to it. You know, whether it be programs at the library, whether it be some type of a gym, gym program, Al-Anon family group meetings. Um, they, they include all the religious services. I know they have. Uh, Literacy New Jersey Sussex County has a weekly book club and a conversation group for New English speakers there, so they have that at oh, the Sparta, wow. yeah at the Sparta Library, which is unbelievable. There's so many things going on, and I have to say the county library system is totally amazing. Um, oh yeah. yeah, and and that's all over. But I mean, I'm way back when when I first came here and thirty something years ago. Uh, I was amazed at what the library system was offering in this county. Not just programs for children, but for adults, for teens, you know, anime groups, everything you can think of.
1: And Mm -hmm.
4: um, you can access them by going to their website, or you could even go to the the Sussex County website, which is www.sussex.nj.us, and it will hook you up with all the resource directory, news info, and that has the public transportation, public records uh links, recycling, all the little things you could think of that you you know you want to know and you don't know how to access it <laughs> well you uh-huh. basically you can do it on this this that site, and you also can access a lot on the inside page of the township journal. I love it, it says who you're gonna call. I guess it's not Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. But you know problems, things are things that go bump in the night or in the day, you know, in terms of if your power goes out, who to contact. If you have situations with road problems, you have to know if it is a county or a township road and then the name of the county and they also give you the phone number for each county. If you have a gas leak, if you have school bus concerns. If you have to dispose of hazardous waste. If you have a recycling or garbage question, they do it by again, township. If you have a um they have poison control of course, uh if you mm-hmm. need public assistance and then of course something that is very um very typical in Sussex County if you have a wildlife problem.
3: Uh-huh. so... Uh,
4: I thought that was interesting and because that's different as well in terms of if it, it's a county road or if it is a township road or a highway. You know, it, it gets very involved in terms of, of animal animals decomposing here and there. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, it is an interesting little paper. And that
1: oh, was just... Actually- I've been looking things up as you talk and looking at what you've sent me. I've been putting up web. Uh, they actually have newspapers in a lot of neighborhoods, you know, a lot of uh, local papers, a lot of counties uh, uh, in New- in uh, New York, New Jersey and Pennsylvania. So that's a pretty big right. outfit. Yeah, well, the, the journal, they have a journal
4: magazine that comes out for New York, New Jersey, and Milford, Pennsylvania, and that's like a color magazine that has all different events. The newspaper, the township journal, is basically within Sussex County, and you can get it for Sparta, you can get it like for certain uh, a bunch of little areas within um, a section of Sussex County, so those are two uh-huh. separate things. So that's interesting as well. So there is access if you know where to find the information.
1: And that is an important thing to know because uh, although many things have been affected and uh, um, areas of the safety net are down, there are still big chunks of the safety net that are up there and uh, operating. And it's always been the problem with the safety net that most people don't know it's there or how to tap into it.
4: Most definitely, and that's where, like, within the school system, it was great having uh, a parent liaison, not a PTA uh-huh. or PTA, an actual person within the Abbott School District when, when they had that, but, uh, you know, in certain towns they still have that, the parent liaison who was there as a, a communicator between the school system the com- and the community. Because particularly when you're dealing with, uh, and not just immigrants, but when you are an immigrant, you know, you are so alone and you need access to the information. Um, So, you know, a parent liaison would would supply English learning classes after school for parents, computer classes, uh, special classes for um, parents working with their children together which was Mm -hmm. really interesting, doing projects together, reading together, um, doing art projects together, science projects. That was really great. And then, of course, having access to all the different amenities and programs that exist within the town. That's an important thing.
1: That is a very important thing. Um, Here in Tenafly, I'm the chairman of the Access for All Committee, And Mm -hmm. although our mandate was originally uh, to make sure that ADA compliance uh, was uh, not only uh, standard in Tenafly but exceptional in Tenafly, but uh, in terms of where we see it going, it is that our society, the benefits of our society should be accessible to all. Or not, you know. Everyone should be able to access uh, the bounty and uh, the privileges that come with uh, residency and citizenship.
4: Most definitely, most definitely. And you know, it's we've all been in a hard spot. Well, most of us, yes. let's put it that way, have been in a hard, hard spot at one point in our life or another. And uh-huh. I can, re- I can remember and I'm sure I've said this before on air that. I can remember my grandmother telling me as a young child that when um, she and her husband came over from Italy and settled, you know, first in, I think it was New York State, and then they came to the um, uh, Passaic area. And my grandfather had to travel maybe three buses to get to Mm -hmm. his place of work and, and how he was chased. And chased with, you know, by men with sticks, telling him to go back where he came from. And this is going back how many years? I mean, (laughs) way back. But, uh, and I remember my grandmother saying to me, don't ever forget that your relatives were immigrants once. Right. And, you know, we've all been in this spot one way or the other within your generation. You know, maybe one Mm -hmm. generation back, maybe two, maybe three or four, but you should never forget that someone was an immigrant within your family. They were, they were not naturally here. They came here. You know, and it's, it's good to have a little empathy. And, and I, I, I know that when things get hard, people tend to, uh, you know, financially or economically, people tend to turn on other people and blame, yes,
5: yeah.
4: rather than the actual situation that exists and just blame other people. You know, for their loss of job or their benefits or whatever, not realizing that maybe it's the corporation decided to cut your job out and pay someone a a meager salary or send or outsource to another country. Hello? Mm -hmm. So they wouldn't have to pay you medical benefits. So, you know, it's, it's a very sad state of affairs. And it's not just in New Jersey, the United States, it's happening globally now. And I think other countries are feeling the impact much more than we are because we are a nation of immigrants. And um, I remember traveling in Europe, God, going back to uh, after post-graduation of college,
6: mm-hmm.
4: and I would hear these, have these discussions with Europeans about, well, why does America have all these problems? Why this? Why that? You know, why racism? Why this? Why that? Um, and I said, you know what cultural diversity is? <laughs> uh, uh-huh. United States is a mixture. It's it's a melt, and I don't want to say melting pot because the thing uh-huh. is you don't you do not lose lo- you don't lose your culture. You shouldn't. It should be a sharing of cultural identity and mm-hmm. acceptance of other people's culture, just like you want yours accepted. You know, it's a tapestry, is what it is. Whereas most of the European countries. Are predominantly one nationality, and this is why you're seeing the issues
5: uh-huh.
4: that you're seeing, whether it be in Germany or, you know, or Scandinavia, because they've never dealt with other cultures to the extent that the United States has.
1: Yeah, and uh, it was uh, very uh, aptly said the other day by uh, Chuck Schumer. Um, Mm. that uh, the symbol for the United States should remain the Statue of Liberty and not a wall. Uh, You know, because (laughs) uh, I believe in uh, strong borders also. I mean, you need them, you know, to uh, uh, keep uh, the people in your country safe, but there should be better systems in place than the ones we currently have where people can spend decades uh, trying unsuccessfully and paying lots of money uh, to go down the route of uh, citizenship. I remember in... Uh, the days of our uh, parents and our grandparents, uh, basically you studied, you paid taxes, you took a test, and there, there, there you go, you were a citizen. Uh, and I've heard that since then it's become almost impossible uh, you know, to go down the road uh, legitimately. Well, even
4: with visas, I know they've changed the way the law is with visas, and, and even in terms of citizenship and visas, uh, from what I remember, people that had to... Um, go through that system, you know, even 10, 15 years ago, there was a quota for each group, and it would change, it would change. Now, I mean, even if you're, um, a friend of mine has uh, uh, friends that are marrying people in the UK, and they're going about it a different way, there are interviews, but there are a series of, they issue one visa, and it's for a certain amount of years, and then you have to apply again to avoid the problem of people marrying for access into the country due to you know, a spousal visa and then of course divorcing afterwards or just doing it for a monetary gain or divorcing afterwards so they've um, worked around that as well but of course it makes it difficult for those that truly want to marry and not do it in terms of a business proposition
1: yeah there is a need for reform there is a need for clarity there is a need to sure. clean the system up Um, But uh, the things that uh, I am seeing uh, being done um, and the fear-mongering that's uh, going on, uh, it's very saddening, you know, knowing that we could find positive ways of doing this.
4: Oh, definitely, definitely, particularly when you proceed it with negative comments. And Donald Trump Jr. just got himself into big trouble about a wall and making some –
1: you know comment years.
4: inferred comment about uh the zoo being closed in terms of, of, of a wall and and he was it was a tongue in cheek comment in reference to the people that would be coming into this country and and uh, making an analogy to them being in the zoo, you know, like animals in the zoo. It was disgusting. You know, these are the type of things that shouldn't be going on. And if you're gonna discuss something and you're in the public sector, um particularly You have to be mindful of everyone you're representing and the fact that you are in the public sector because, as we've said before, there is certain language and there are certain laws governing harassment and discrimination. And it brings me back to, you know, the language that's being used and the rhetoric and going back, and it goes back to the primary when it was allowed by uh, Trump, who was running at that point for the the primary slot to run for president, and it was allowed. And I thought back and saying, you know, this reminds me, and this does not happen in all private sector, of course not, but in his world, in his world, the way he would do a deal is the belittlement and harassment of an opponent to, to work a deal out and then make nice, and you saw that with North Korea you saw yes. it in the primary, this is how he works, and some of his cohorts. It is not acceptable in the in, in a, the public sector. It is not. Right. It can't be acceptable for some and, and not for others. And it also brings back, I'm sure you remember, uh, way back when there was that great documentary about bodybuilding with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he was going into detail about how he would break down his opponent, his psyche, right, yes, prior yes. to the competition and going on stage by basically belittling him and eroding his confidence.
1: Yes, Pumping Iron. Uh, pumping Iron. Pumping
4: iron. Thank you very much for inserting the title. But it was amazing. And I see that same thing happening here. And that's what it is. He views things in terms of an opponent rather than the public sector of being a public servant. And that's Mm -hmm. what an elected official is, a public servant. You're not dealing with an opponent. This is not the art of the deal. This is the art of getting a country in working mode and a democracy and upholding the Constitution.
1: And that is something that you uh, particularly hold the light to, you know, the difference between the private and the public uh, sectors and why Mm -hmm. they should be uh, uh, separate. So I I thank you for continuing to uh, repeat that point, because uh, uh, you hear many times people who don't know uh, saying, oh, we need business men in these positions, you know, because uh, uh, they understand money and things like that. They might, but they don't understand governing.
4: Exactly. And you know what? Ideally it should be a balance of both because you can't just give away the whole store without looking at where the money's right. coming from but it has to be first the public sector and then utilizing business strategies to make things work that's it public first and then incorporating the the private when it when you have to start to look at funding but always remembering that you're dealing
1: with the public And that's true of any, uh, like uh, a lot of uh, folks who are religiously inclined feel that it's a decline in uh, religion that's causing uh, problems. There, too, if they can focus on the good of everybody first before the specific religious aspects of it, I have no objection, you know, because I know a lot of people are spiritually motivated, uh, and even if the uh, circumstance they're in isn't a spiritual one, their personal spirituality in terms of what is right, what is wrong, what is human, what you know, uh, all those things do come out even if it's just a private decision. So you can't really uh, separate people from their, their points of view. But what some folks have a difficulty in doing is putting that aside for the common good and right. uh, looking at what is the common good first. Uh, Right, right. From there, rather than from a particular spiritual point of view, or a business point of view, or political point of view.
4: Most definitely, and again, you have to look at it very logically and the total picture, not subjectively, subjectively, but objectively. You have to really look at the total picture. As we always say, it's the whole timepiece. All the gears have to work together, not just one gear alone. You can't be the only gear; otherwise, nope. the whole system falls apart. But then, now we see a change. You know, we talked in we touched in December upon the new House coming in, the 116th House of Representatives, and yes. and changes that were are going to be implemented. And and the main thing with it being the way it is now, there will be a chance to have both views presented. Things coming to a floor that can be voted upon. And we had said that the H.R. 1 would be the first bill that will come up, which will close dark money loopholes, curb corporate special interest influence, it's basically an anti-corruption and clean elections reform. That yeah. also um, it's campaign finance reform, but it also um, involves gerrymandering and it involves um, um, people not harvesting voters or uh, denouncing their right to vote. It, it involves a lot. Shadow. Uh, it would basically look at super PACs, dark money and um, get back into what the public sector is supposed to be and, and keeping corporations out of it in terms of um, spending too much money or de- in support or denouncing candidates in election. So that should be interesting, and it's very important that people, we said this in December, but I will reiterate it because there are some people who have not jumped on board one way or the other yet, contact your House right. of Representatives member, see how they plan to vote tell them that, you know, you f- you favor the laws being changed and not having all this dark money involved and having things being done in a clear and concise way rather right. than being done the way there it's been done lately in terms of um, voter suppression, extreme gerrymandering, and um, having elections run the way they were supposed to. I mean, you're aware we still have two that are, a mess. You know, right. One in North Carolina, and then uh, the uh, um, even the other position with Kemp, I mean, even though he has it, it still should really come under review, because he suppressed voters from voting, and held applications of voters when they moved from one area to another, that affected and plus he should have, uh, uh, have abstained from even dealing with it, because how, as you as a candidate, and as a Secretary of State, of state within your state, uh, how can you do both? It's right. a conflict of interest. It goes against the code. Here we go again. The code of ethics.
1: In so the we'll day,
4: we we'll see what happens with that.
1: <laughs> let, let us indeed see what happens. And uh, both you and uh, Mark Zina and uh, Bill uh, and others have. Uh, have basically borne up many times again to let your representatives know how you feel about everything Oh and, most uh,
4: definitely, most definitely, and there's another bill that's coming up, but there's quite a few that are being proposed, but another one is um, HR8, and that involves background checks for purchasing weapons, not the mm-hmm. amount of weapons, but, but to look at cases where people should not be purchasing a weapon due to extreme past history of violence. And, um, and the records have to be open because we've seen situations where there have been massive killings. Not The, the local police did not report the different situations that were going on. Um, a little bit too much in terms of, I mean, I understand things are decided upon by, by state, but then you look at New Jersey, who has very strict gun laws, and then you look at Pennsylvania, where you can go to Walmart and yes. buy a gun.
1: I looked in <laughs> Pennsylvania, and that was very disconcerting. You go to Walmart, you can buy guns, you can buy fireworks, you can buy all sorts of sure. Uh, sure. things. And uh, uh, the uh, Bureau of uh, Firearms, uh, Tobacco, and, you know, uh, that could all be covered in one store. <laughs> in, uh, it's amazing.
4: <laughs> it is amazing.
1: That, that that
4: exists, you know, so right across the border. And that is an extreme problem. Um, of course, we see now uh, So that Nancy Pelosi is bringing up, is going to be bringing up uh, climate change and right. saying that they have to ma- have to address it and bring it up within the House of Representatives and then move it on. And she stated that six years, Lamar Smith has used the House Science Committee to intimidate climate scientists and change the written documents, denying climate change by eliminating information within the EPA and, you know, all the documents that are written. Uh, nine mm-hmm. years, the United States has not had a select committee to address the major crisis of climate change. Yeah, uh, that, you know, that, that blows my mind.
1: Yeah, did you ever see Eric the Viking? It was a, a Monty Python esque uh, movie. No, um, and
4: I'm accessing a lot. Of, I love Monty Python, and I've been accessing a lot through Netflix. So now I have to check that off out.
1: Is because uh, in um, Eric the Viking, whatever you believed influenced what you were experiencing. And they had uh, high Brazil, which was, uh, you know, one of these legendary Celtic places uh, that okay. sank beneath waves and the people there were just ignoring all the signs that they were going to sink below the, the waves. Uh, and even as the water was reaching their, their heads and their faces, they were still denying uh, that they were in any type of uh, um, peril. So I, I'm sadly watching um, our society uh, do that uh, right. on high right. levels of power. It's like uh, y- the scientists in your own administration are telling you that that this is a reality. We have to act. Um, and uh, I'm very grateful that you're keeping on top of that because um, that is something I plan on dedicating a lot of my life to because uh, if we don't address that, every other thing is going to be moot in a couple of decades. Well,
4: this should be interesting because, I mean, we knew that Trump had withdrawn from the Paris Climate Agreement because he wants to fight on the behalf of big coal industries and fossil fuel. But the Democrats are going to are going to chair the House Science Committee and they're going to create the new, uh, new Climate Crisis Committee. So at oh least they'll God. bring these things up to light now. Um, another thing that's interesting is that um, – uh, I think it was last year that there was the move towards um, um, the merge of Bayer and Monsanto, and Monsanto with the with the with the what is it that uh, Roundup, with all yes. of the horrific chemicals in Roundup, it's uh, the glyphosates. Uh, well, they want basically to um, give them a lot more. Freedom, Monsanto, and and uh, of course they're looking other ways to use this toxic pesticide. So they allowed it to merge with Bayer, and they are you know these are people involved this, with the uh, pesticides that kill bees. So it's frightening because we could see the monarch butterflies, the um, the bees, and and our communities becoming more and more polluted, and the pesticides ending up in our our, uh, food system.
1: Yes, uh, cereals that uh, small children and babies eat, uh, as well as uh, older people. Um, I don't eat cereal a lot. I I will have some every now and then, uh, but Mm -hmm. uh, not very often. And I was surprised that some brands that I had trusted my entire life Uh, They were being sued for having these uh, chemicals. Cheerios.
4: Infants were given
1: Cheerios. Cheerios. Babies and older people. uh, Yes, yes. For my entire life. And and to know that uh, you you can't trust Cheerios. I mean, I was crushed. No. But here
4: is a light at the end of the tunnel. The Supreme Mm. Court rejected Exxon's latest attempt to avoid accountability. What happened is um, the Massachusetts Attorney General, Healy, cleared away for a probe of Exxon all the internal documents on earth, how it's misled the public on what they knew in terms of fossil fuel
1: and and the role
4: it plays in climate change. So, of course, Exxon wanted to block it, and um, the Supreme Court stood with the um, AG Healy and said, no, um, Exxon, you're not going to uh, uh, block them. They're, they're going to look into mm-hmm. it. And supposedly uh, you can contact your state attorney general to join in Massachusetts' attorney general's investigation because the more states that join, the more pressure there is right. on the Supreme Court and on the government in terms of making them answer for what they've done, just like the car industry's knowing certain things and J&J with the powder and um, talc and, and the use of those asbestos in the talc. It's amazing how J&J took out a million-dollar page ad in the New York Times to say, oh, oh, no, there's nothing really wrong with our talc our baby powder. Yeah. You know, Then why do you need to take out an ad of a million
1: dollars? Uh, yeah I, I know I, <laughs> it's if frightening. I
3: have, if
1: I had my, my life to live over again, there's some things I would have learned more about just so that I could understand uh, uh them better in the here and now uh but, uh, but the, things, the information wasn't out there. I think that you have
4: more and more people on the inside mm-hmm. that are disgusted with going with with things that are going on and leak things. Mm-hmm. Because how else would this happen? How would you know about these internal documents if it wasn 't getting leaked? It was just like the n s a and you remember that one poor man that came out with how we were being spied upon and and then he he just zipped off to Russia to avoid uh, prosecution i don 't know for the life of me, i can 't remember his name. I just no, remember his face Snowden I believe Snowden, thank you. Um, it starts with someone being so unhappy with what's going on and saying, I've had enough. I'm just going to leak this. I'm going to leak that. And there's no other way internal documents can get out than that way. And now let's bring us up to, we can end with uh, go into detail about this, this rule and bringing this government to a shutdown. 800,000 federal empl- employees yes, furloughed yes. or working without pay. Um, who does it involve? Well, first of all, Mitch McConnell, and, and the Repo- I know that there was a bipartisan move in, in December to um, keep the government running, Right to not shut it down, to pay, to pay them, even if it's shut down, to pay all and keep it all opened. Then when this, this war came upon, and again, you know, it's going to be my way or the highway, and I'll keep it closed as long as possible, well... Now Mitch McConnell is, you know, does not want to bring the um, bills up for a vote. Mm. And that's an issue. So they're talking about pressure on Bill McConnell. Uh, I also read an interesting article concerning uh, this war in terms of, um, you know, the fear-mongering about the migrants and the caravans and blah, 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 yes. and how the House Republicans already approved $5 billion for the war, but in the Senate, they, need, they still need the Democratic support to, be, to prevent a filibuster. So they need a bipartisan bill. But McCarthy, who will be taking over for uh, Ryan, and this is interesting because they, they, you don't hear too much about this, he's up the stakes by introducing legislation for the full $25 billion the White House wants for border funds twenty five billion, not five billion, so not everything is being put out there and 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 they'll say, well, it's the Democrats, this has to come to a a meeting of the minds. It can't be one way or the other way. Um, you know as well as I do, yeah. uh, a war can be purged, it can be dug under. There are many ways. To deal with the wall, but in the age of technology, why would you not resort to more technology, manned computers, and drones to be able to to monitor it? Because you can have a wall, but if it's not being monitored correctly, what mm-hmm. good is it? What good is it? Walls can get destroyed, dug under, climbed over, you know, blown up. You need to have the viewing of, of drones, you need to have constant surveillance and the right kind of surveillance to be able to monitor that doesn't require all that money.
1: No. And, uh, again, I'm, I'm hoping that these conversations move forward, uh, because again, 800,000, uh, uh, people not getting their paychecks, and many of them not able to uh, start other jobs because they're required to stay on the, the job that's not paying them. Uh, th- that's a tragedy on a on a on a great uh, level. Most definitely. And, uh, and there
4: was a, an article in, in the New York Times. Uh, I don't remember. If it was this last Sunday, the Sunday before, but it was about an area in Florida that was so hit by drastic flooding that the all the prison inmates had to be moved to. Mississippi, and the people working there had to travel seven hours to get wow. to, the, to their job, which was moved to another state. So here they are dealing with the flood situation not resolved and a prison. Their job, they have to basically go drive seven hours or commute somehow seven hours, live there during the week, and come home on the weekend. They wow. are now not getting paid. They have to do, it, do the job and not get paid. So th- let's add insult to injury. And these, this is an area that was very pro-Trump. You know, I wonder how they feel now. And I'm not saying anything pro or con. I'm just saying how could they possibly feel first having to Lived this horrible hardship of leaving their family and living somewhere because the job now has gone, you know, seven-hour right. commute to another state, and now being told you're not going to get paid either.
1: It's a little frightening. And then I've I hear people I, people I saying it won't affect them. <laughs> I don't want to leave our conversation on a negative note, uh, and our no. time is almost finished. So uh, you had a lot of positive things. I posted every single link that you sent me. It's on the uh, Facebook now. People can access oh, it. Oh, thank you. Uh, I will
4: say this, though, and I don't mean it in a negative way, but uh-huh. if you think that it's not going to affect you, these are just some of the little things that will affect you. Um mm-hmm. The Consumer Protection Agency, 550 employees to 22. They handle investigations for people in terms of products. The Department of of Ed, 4,000 to 250 employees. Now student financial aid will be affected in terms of forms and help. The Department of Health and Services, it will affect their annual influenza program right in time. Uh, Of course, the national parks, the federal loan, Uh, permits small business loans, and let's not forget, uh, passports and visas. Obviously, they will take care of the ones already being processed, but if you're applying for it, forget about it now. So, you know, it is incentive. It does affect someone, all of us, in one little way or another, or someone that we know, Um, and 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 we need to get... Like Mark said, and we always say, you have to make your voice known and say, let's take care of the people. This is about the people.
1: In the phase two of our uh, audio adventure, when the show moves uh, very soon to its new uh, station, um, Mm -hmm. all the things I've learned uh, in our journey thus far, I'm going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to uh, Bill. I'm going to talk to Mark. I'm going to talk to Wendy. I'm going to talk to everybody involved in the show. Uh, to see uh, how we can uh, be even more uh, responsive and uh, uh, on the ball with what's going on, so that we can uh, right,
4: right. And like you always say, you know, communication, information. Visit as many websites, and a lot of the ones I, I gave to you, they are proactive. Like they're telling you about people you can get in touch with, and and after me, I'm assuming you're going to have Bill on.
1: Of course, and he has two. Wonderful guests who've been on the show before. And one of these guests will be having uh, her own uh, show in the very Wonderful.
3: Near
4: future.
1: Uh, and and just be... to let
4: you know, Bill mm-hmm. wrote a great letter to the editor that was in the Township Journal about what's ahead in 2019. Excellent you job, did. Bill. And that's a nice way oh, to no, end and lead into to him.
1: <laughs> if, you, if you can bring it when I see you on Saturday, I'd love to read uh, his article. I will bring it. I have it here. I'm
4: saving it for you. Good job,
1: Bill. You're awesome. Have a wonderful uh, evening, and I will see you in a few days.
4: Most definitely. Take care.
1: You too. We're going to listen to Dave the Bard's Land, Sea, and Sky, and then we'll be back with Bill Waitman and the Eye on Northern New Jersey. Greetings and welcome back to the Elysium Project, Path of Public Service. Um, sorry about uh, the music running out. Uh, something happened on my board, but everything is back in control now. Uh, our next segment is I on Northern New Jersey, hosted by Bill Waitman. Greetings and welcome, Bill.
7: Uh, thank you, Hercules. We should, have, uh, we should have a very thoughtful night tonight.
1: Um, yes, we have both of your guests on the line with us, I believe. So I will uh, bring them on, okay?
7: How you both doing? Uh, Julia? hi, is this
1: uh, um uh, Julia? Hi, Bill.
7: Okay, <laughs> how you doing? Good, well, and uh, now you gotta t- I gotta get your voices straight. Who's Julia? Who's Julia? And who's Autumn? I'm
0: Julia. Hello, Julia.
7: Okay, Julia. Why don't we start off with you because you've had some good well, news this is here week as well. And what am I? We're going to have uh, uh, some bad news with, but um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm just looking at a quote from Obama and uh, uh, the be- belief, the belief that there are better days ahead. Uh, always seems to be a guide. I mean, I'm looking at Julia, and I know that uh, she struggles for her ch- for her children. And uh, I, I remember that um, Princess Diana just said that she she wouldn't know what she would do if, if she didn't ha- if she didn't have her children. Um, suffering seems to be an issue that um, I guess gives us gives us great knowledge and great courage. Why don't you start, uh, Julia, with your story?
0: tonight. Well, Bill, thank you so much for having me again. Um, what I wanted to start talking about is, yes, I, 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 on the last show I talked about that I have two children who suffer from mental illness and have been in many hospitals throughout New Jersey. But tonight I specifically want to talk about um, that on December 18th, the New Jersey Law Journal reported, the New, reported that the New Jersey Public Defender's Office has launched a, a class-action lawsuit against Greystone Psychiatric Hospital due to overcrowding and violence. The suit accuses state officials, which there are many from Governor Phil Murphy on down, of trying to cover up the mounting problems at Greystone. And this is very serious because um, I'm just going to read something verbatim very quickly. It says, the suit claims residents are denied their due process rights under the 14th amendment to a safe and humane physical and psychological environment. The right to be free from state created danger and from the deliberate indifference to medical needs and the right to be protected from patient-on-patient assaults, as well as others that I am aware of now. So as what was most disturbing about several of the articles that were written regarding this current lawsuit is what's most disturbing to me is that Greystone should have At least 30 psychiatrists on staff for, they have 440 patients. They only have six. 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 Unbelievable. Six. And when you're talking about treating mentally ill people, first of all, they're coming from a very bad place. They're going into an environment that has increased violence, which in my opinion, is being brought on by not getting proper treatment because there isn't enough staff. You can't say six psychiatrists can handle 80 patients each. There's no way that you can properly treat them. And when you're talking about medication, getting their history, knowing what side effects to look for, which there are many with antipsychotics, it's disturbing to me. And that's what's creating that violence that's there because they're probably not being treated. They're not being treated right. And when you bring in new patients who are possibly psychotic at the time that they're entering there, they probably, you know, if they're coming from a county hospital like, uh, say, St. Clair's or Trinitas or, North Beth Israel, any of them, when you're talking about getting a patient on medication, it takes a while for them to adjust. So here you're putting somebody who's possibly psychotic, fearful, and whatever, and they haven't had time to really know if that medication is proper for them. It's a huge problem. It's huge. And it's very disturbing because this is another quote from that article. It says, Greystone has seen a drastic increase in assault, suicide attempts, drug overdoses, because there are more drugs getting brought in there, and fatal, fatal medication mismanagement. Fatal. That's a direct quote from the article. So what I'm saying and what I've experienced personally with my children is that there is a serious problem with doctors and getting patients on correct medications, which brings me to my second thing that I really want to push is that Senator Tom- New Jersey Senator Thompson is sponsoring a bill that's been around for nine years that would address some of the solutions for these hospitals and for psychiatrists and for patients and properly treating them because there are solutions out there. But my experience, sadly, with my children is, A, they don't, the doctors in these hospitals, whether it's a county hospital or a state hospital, are taking patients off antipsychotics when they're not working right they're taking them off abruptly and the brain I'm not a doctor but the brain I had a doctor argue with me he goes well the drug is out of your daughter it's out of your daughter and, uh, and he kept saying what do you want me to do if her psychosis comes back and I said be patient because the drug the, you know big pharma all of them they should be educating these doctors to the severe side effects and how They affect the brain because when you're taking a patient off these very powerful medications that have affected the dopamine and serotonin of the brain, they need to do it very gradually so the brain can readjust itself. Instead, the doctors are saying that it's their actual mental illness that's coming back when it's not. It is with They're having withdrawal symptoms. This needs to be addressed, not just in New Jersey and our hospitals, across the country. Because it's, you know, I've had doctors deny it. There's research after research that this is what's going on. And it's detrimental to these patients. And I, 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 I love antipsychotics for one of my children, but I am seriously against it for my my daughter because I have seen side effects such as tardive dyskinesia, which is a movement disorder. I have seen her have difficulty swallowing. She's had suicide ideation. She's had high prolactin level. And they continued, you know, back in June, um, they forced my daughter to have injection of it. And 96 hours later, suffered a dystonic reaction a movement disorder she could barely walk yet they oh, continue now your daughter
7: your daughter is highly educated in the medical field
0: herself right Yes, she getting is. that right she, has, she knows a lot about the brain but i i sadly enough that as uh, this is my observation between my two children oh. My son needs antipsychotics. As I spoke uh, on the other show, I spoke about how patients who are uh, non compliant with taking their medication suffer from the anisygnosia, mm-hmm. which is a lack of gray matter in the brain that helps them to perceive themselves the way we perceive them. And what I think happens when you give this is my opinion only, I'm not a doctor, but it is my opinion, observing him when he's off them, he, it's more destructive to his brain. He needs that to slow down the process, perhaps, of the gray matter deteriorating even more. Whereas oh, when God. you, What I found out with giving somebody who shouldn't be on antipsychotics or over the years, if they prolong use of them, is that it actually can take away the gray matter. Antipsychotics can do that. So, you know, my daughter she started off with bipolar disorder and I agree fullheartedly. you know, 10 years ago that, that was her um, diagnosis but she had a suicide attempt. They put her on an antipsychotic along with a mood stabilizer, uh, lithium she really didn't want to do it, but she would do anything to get back into school. She was a biomedical um, biomedical engineer major. She got her um, bachelor's degree. She's brilliant, brilliant. And then she went down to University of Florida, and even while they switched her antipsychotics, she hallucinated the entire time, four months, called me everyday mom. I see people sticking their tongues out at me. I would say Kelsey, maybe they're just looking their looks. I didn't know how to deal with it. But she got her masters degree in biomedical Quite engineering. And it's even tough on so now we're talking ten years and this is a brilliant woman that is being forced to be on drugs that are basically killing her, you know, when it comes down to the fatal medication, this management that's in this lawsuit. That's what I am seeing with my daughter. It's breaking me because I want to help her. And she didn't want me involved with her medication treatment at all, even though back in October of 2017, she said to me, Mom, I know I need help. She knew she needed to go to the hospital. She was having suicide ideation because they had put her on Latuda, which Latuda and Abilifier, Two, the only antipsychotics that have a black box warning that says there's suicide ideation. Yet the doctors, they should know this. They should be aware of that. And they continue to put her on it.
7: Let me ask you a a question. Uh, I just wrote a piece uh, on the other show. They were just talking about it. and it really, it was looking at opioids and opioid addiction and how, um, on the elementary side, how pharmaceutical companies and uh, pharmacists and doctors push certain medications. Is there a parallel to that? I mean, yeah. I just read a uh, American Medical well, Association piece and that the, uh, the death rate is increasing for just about every age sector from, from babies on. And it's 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 too crazy. I mean, we're overprescribing sometimes. And as I told you, I have well, a uh, friend that puts his with, hands through with, glass, you know, glass and cuts himself.
0: Correct. You know that that that's it's heartbreaking what what we experience with our children. And yes, I believe that medications are overprescribed. That. There, You know, as I spoke before, you know, about Dr. Daniel Amen, is that I believe patients um, should have brain spec scans. And this came from Dr. Daniel Amen and because he said, and I'll repeat it again, is psychiatry is the only medical profession that does not study the organ it is treating. So if you study the brain, and you see that a patient is lacking gray matter, you know, well, let's see what antipsychotic will work for that because you you know that they've had the psychotic break, that they need medication, and to get them on quicker to stabilize them rather than this prolonged in and out of the hospital with noncompliance and everything. But it's vital because you can have two depressed people and they have different brain Activity. One might have higher brain activity. The, the the one might have lower brain activity. So you can narrow down the specific drugs that will help that certain portion of the brain. And it's so cost effective. Then this in and out of the hospital, it's so expensive. You know, um, my my children luckily or you know they they get the, the state it pays for it certainly because they've been unable to work. But I find when I talk to a lot of people and they know my advocacy is that, you know, I find, well, what is your, what is your diagnosis? And these are young women, you know, in their 20s. My diagnosis is bipolar. Well, what medication are you on? Well, they're putting me on an antipsychotic. And I read above. An Unquiet Mind by Dr. K. Redfield-Jayman. She, she's like a renowned psychologist out of Johns Hopkins. And, you know, there are mood stabilizers, specific ones, which are your lithium and your lamictal. There might be another one out there. But they're starting them on these antipsychotics. These are powerful
8: mm-hmm.
3: drugs.
0: I have
4: witnessed
8: I have seen which it. I've,
7: from hell. I don't want to talk about autism, but I've seen a kid that was almost perfectly normal got hit with a whole bunch of things on one on top of the other. I mean that it it's ridiculous. I mean I had him tested by a psychologist uh and he was uh, five years ago and he was college material. He can hardly say his name now. He's so drugged up. I I gotta I've gotta finish this up a little bit because I, I have the other lady on um on tonight yeah. too. I want yeah, you to uh, well, tell I'm about well your...
0: finished. I think I got everything <laughs> <No.
3: laughs> else <laughs> <laughs> you did a great
7: did a great job. You are working first of all, one one recommendation if I could make would be that you'd be put on the board of Greystone. Uh they need some people like you on the board. Uh and whatever whatever this governor has as far as a commission on these issues, because this is I know that you're you know, um I know things happened in a big way on a on a personal level with you at Greystone this uh, period. But um yeah. I'm gonna write about uh, I'm going to put it in uh, newspapers around the state and, and, and in another, other states because I do think the issues that you described tonight uh, over prescri- prescribing the wrong kinds of medicines for the wrong kinds of treatments, uh, again, it's like the pharmaceutical companies uh, pushing this at, at one end, and they're becoming adopted because the pills that you told me about, my grandson is on, Abilify and the other one. I always mispronounce it Latruda La and uh, he was a, a, a you know, I, I don't know what happened to him. I mean, I had him living with me till age seven uh, and he was okay. Um, but uh, I want, how can people get in touch with you? Cause that's what he's, he's going to ask. Uh, and um, what are the next steps?
0: Well, I am in touch with Senator Thompson's office. I have to really push for this legislation. I do have something going on, but I really don't want to disclose it yet because I'm in the early stages and want to see where that goes. But I would love to hear from people and their experiences whether it be a family member or a friend and and have them get in touch with me because we need people, we need voices of people who are having trouble feeling like they're not getting the treatment. And, and just one other thing, I did read something recently that there seems to be an overcrowding in the ER rooms of people with mental illness. So not only is there a lack of beds, there's a lack of psych, psychiatrists. It, it's a huge, huge problem that has to be addressed, you know, because suicide, you know, is, is
6: up.
7: And most of these uh, places around the state, and you've listed a few for me before, are having the same kind of issues. And, uh, and, and then, you know, I was involved heavily with uh, Easter Seals, uh, and there was a cross-section of people there. Uh, and um, I blame I, – today on Facebook, I attacked uh, my uh, state senator and my uh, two assemblymen because they're not doing a damn thing. Uh, they make life harder for the residents of our county, and uh, they help close that facility in our uh, county. Uh, Easter seals. Um, I want you, I want you to stay in touch. I want to bring you back if you don't mind. And, Certainly. Uh, Thank we'll be, you so much. No, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna try to do the same thing with uh, autumn too. Um, let me get you can hang on if you want and listen to this. You mind? I'll listen. Okay. Autumn? Thank you, Bill. Uh, Autumn and I, uh, I went to court with Autumn for for an issue. Um, And uh, we have a third friend. uh, She has a friend. We have a mutual friend. And before I tell her a story, I think I'm hoping that uh, her name is Cynthia. I hope she's listening because she's pretty good at – she could help you too – uh, she could help both ladies here tonight because she's really forceful in getting things done. Uh, matter of fact, she's suing a couple of towns right now. Um, go ahead, start with tell us about. I want you, what Cynthia said to me is have you tell your story. This is your chance to tell your story. What's happened to you? Uh, Autumn is, I want to get this straight Autumn is African American and she's the only mortgage. Am I saying this right? Mortgage processor in the state of New Jersey. Is that right?
8: Um, I'm the only Good evening, Bill. I'm the only uh, 100% woman-owned, Black woman-owned firm in the state of New Jersey, as well as in New York and Pennsylvania.
7: Okay, take it take it from there. Tell your story now, okay?
8: Um, well, uh, my story is is that. I have been working for the past 20 years and giving myself to help others and having them believe in the American dream and giving them confidence that they can obtain anything that they want in life with having the free mind to do so. But unfortunately, due to the sabotage minds of others and the greediness and preservation of others, I have been misused mentally and emotionally abused by not only a city, but by a black city, which as being a black woman coming to, I am completely offended and appalled, except besides being sexually harassed. Um, There's just been things that have happened with me that unfortunately that I have tried to do the right thing I have tried to do The correct protocol To handle things correctly To have people not do right Especially when you have good people To come to a city To do right for people of that city To help them grow
7: This is called You were involved in a project Let me get it correct Called the Valentine Project With the city of Newark which Yes
8: Newark, I was hard... involved in the... Yes um... I was, uh, hold on please, I was uh, involved and I did not come there on my own, actually. I was requested to come there. Uh, I did not walk into the office to request any work, or they needed me to come there because of a project that they were having problems with and they needed the expertise of someone else, at least, is what I was told. Um, to come in to help make, turn around what was done wrong um, with this project, which was the Valentine's Project. Uh, And I did that. Um, I had spoken with the directors at hand, and I told them, if by chance you were to bring me in, I would give 110% to you. And I would not expect any misrepresentation, any disloyalty, or any disrespect in any manner because of my company. And needless to say, I was told that nothing would happen because of your reputation, your family's reputation, to be lied, have uh, my civil rights violated, and also at the end of the day, and then to breach everything that they've done with me, and to have me lose business here in the state of New Jersey for people saying that they can't do business with me because of NORC.
7: So they, they actually uh, attacked your reputation. You did a lot of work for this project. These were, what, about 100 uh, housing units that were going to go up or a lot, a
8: lot? It was the Valentine's project, and... Uh, uh, keep in mind, when they brought me there, it was something that they had already facilitated. I was nowhere involved, and nor was I an employee of the city of Newark. So I am not attached to it at all, except they needed my week and my expertise and my knowledge to help with this. But yes, it was a project with 100 lots, and people spent 500 to to $1,000 to own their American dream and have their home built on the lot phenomenal marketing phenomenal marketing position but at the end of the day it did not work and unfortunately i took got the blame of everything i was it was a play to pay mode with one of the directors of the city of north that uh paid to play basically and uh lied and did things with me you know and uh at the end of the day, I've been trying and trying my best to settle this, and they agreed to settle this problem financially of all the damages and what they've done to me. And it's gone on and gone on. To finally, I realized they were never going to settle. They just bled me, you know, for over a year, stating they're going to settle, and we're we don't we want to settle without litigation, and we are sorry for what we've done to you and we've bled you and. We'll make up for everything and more than what has happened to you. And, you know, continuously, you know, over and over again. They haven't done anything. They haven't done anything. And And I'm tired, Bill. I'm tired. Because when you have good people that come to you of something, of a city, of an urban city that needs help, a revitalization to build, to come together, it's not even parties. It's not democratic. It's not republican. It's humane. It's life. You do not step over people and hurt them and ruin their lives and and mentally and emotionally abuse me. Needless to say, have a director use a play-to-play mode on me and, and do what he did. I mean, and then at the end of the day, for them to deny it and not say anything about it. No, it's not acceptable. Not acceptable at all.
7: Let me just stop for a second. I, I, I actually talked to... Uh... Uh, Julia about uh, Della, oh, how do you say that woman's name? Della, the, the Channel 12 person. Um, oh, Della, Della Cruz. Now you had yes. awards, things that you've done in the community, in your communities uh, with uh, young adults. Uh, you've gotten the Channel 12 gave you, I, I, I think, an award, or she gave you a personal reward for your efforts. Um, yes. I want people to know that you've worked hard for your career. You, this was a family business that you had with your mother starting it, um, and they really uh, basically have taken away a lot of the, your house is imperiled. Um That's why uh, mm-hmm. you
3: yeah.
7: look at yeah.
8: people and help you. I had, uh, have worked very hard to try to help people and uh, do right and follow my family's legacy. And to leave a legacy from when my time comes. I I have worked 110% and gone out of the box to help those that no one else would help to have this happen to me and to be extorted in a lot of different ways. And I, in the summertime, yes, Della Cruz did a spotlight on me and, and gave me acknowledgement of being in business for 20 years. Uh, the mayor of Montclair, they pinned me. 150 year pin of Montclair Which only delegates get You know so It's sad to say that me being A black woman but a minority woman Going to a black city that these men Would do this to and think It's okay and Women are standing out now We're tired and I did Nothing to them know, keep in mind They've done this to me They've ruined and bled me dry And they haven't settled it so now It's at a different position well now, women are rallying behind me, and people need to know what they've done, and they need to pay for what they've done to me and the damages that they've incurred. It's wrong. It's wrong. It is
7: wrong. It's 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 immoral, and um, unfortunately, this happens too much. Uh, you were taken advantage of. I assume uh, those lots were for low income people. Whatever happened with those lots,
8: I don't even know, Bill. That at the end of the day. The director that I was working with that brought me in that and also told me that I didn't need to speak to anyone, also told me that I did not need vendor approval, also told me I need to, did not need to speak to anyone in higher authority so he could bring me in on this project and to work with the city of Newark. at the end of the day, was all, it was all misrepresentation. And to tell you the truth, I don't know what happened to these lots. I don't know if houses were ever built on these lots. I don't know what happened. All I know is that at the end of the day, they were scrambling around and stating that they can't follow through with it. And I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened with everything with this project because what what happened was is when I started giving them the information and providing the knowledge of what needed to be done, then things started to change, you know. So I can't answer it, to be quite honest with you. I am very much appalled and I'm very surprised that me as a woman coming to the city of North. not only that, dealing with all these men and not one person or leader of that city to step up and see what has been done to me, my company, and my family's legacy and the reputation not pay up for what they've done and use me as a target or for whatever reason for something that failed on their end is wrong. It's wrong. You know, I'm a private entity. I work hard. I work on commission. This is, and I spent almost a year with them, and to be abused, extorted, and worked, and then completely told they don't know me and never heard of me.
7: And that's all. Well, I hope. Hopefully, you're going ahead with this uh, case. Um, they did offer you a settlement, but it's. Uh, I don't know. You feel the legitimate thing just bleeding
8: you. No, I'd rather be in ball and chains, now than the settlement that they offered me. And I mean that literally and physically. Um, They must have thought that I was desperate, desperate enough that I would walk away in ball and chains and be happy for what they offered me, knowing at the end of the day what has been done and what initially was due me. So... No, no, and I am so sorry that I allowed myself to become a victim of people that aren't honest and don't treat you correctly but I'm not a victim anymore because now I can speak on it and for women that go through this and experience this and feel ashamed or feel as though they've done something wrong or they'll just knock you down because they're more powerful than you but at the end of the day I did nothing wrong. My company did nothing wrong, and there's people that know this, and they're standing up and saying what you've done to me and my home and a lot of things that are happening to me. It's not right. They made a promise to stay. Paid
7: one dime. I don't know if I'm exaggerating, but you didn't get paid one dime for this project over the year.
8: I didn't even get a penny. (laughs) But yet they kept giving me work to do. I didn't even get a penny. And then it came to a point where I started speaking out, no one knows me. Or you know how they treat sometimes women, they don't know what they're talking about, or they're up and down. No. And then it was like they knew nothing, or, you know, you have to call the mayor's office because it has nothing to do with us, because this party's running. I mean, it became such an inhumane positioning for me. It was sickening. It was, it's just terrible. And something needs to be done about it. You know, something needs to be... I didn't deserve this from them. Not at all. No,
7: nobody deserves it. No I, respect. I, blatant. It sounds blatantly, blatantly wrong. I just want to say that I went to court with her, and um, I sat there. I guess we were there four hours. I had to run out for
3: putting money
7: in the and And um, they told her that nothing would happen to her, that everything would happen in a period of time, And uh, all of a sudden, lo and behold, I don't know if they thought I was a lawyer. My
8: daughter's a lawyer.
7: Um, They had her come in Monday, this Monday, for a hearing?
8: Yeah, I went in on the 7th, and uh, they took my house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they took my house. Um, I went to the sheriff's office, and based off of the city of Newark stating that they were going to settle, Okay, um, and telling my attorney, they were, you know, they want to set out a litigation and providing a letter and stating, you know, we can settle without city council or whatever the case may be. Knowing what my claim was, knowing the what I had been through and the distress and the emotion and the mental abuse and the lies and the misrepresentation and a lot of things that happened. People not knowing me and never heard of me and didn't know what I was doing there. I mean, just continual things that were being said to me. Uh, I went and I gave them the letter from the city of Newark indicating what had happened. I gave them the letter indicating from corporate counsel of what they agreed to pay, which I'd rather be in balls and chains. I also showed them the letter that what I signed based off of what the city of Newark stated. And they told me they were very sorry And it's sad that they did this to me. And unfortunately, there's
1: nothing I can do.
8: And they did a sale on my home yesterday.
1: I'm (laughs) I'm so sorry to be interrupting, uh, but we only have a couple of minutes uh, left uh, for today's show. Uh, We can do a part two on this as soon as both of you can uh, schedule it, uh, if you'd like.
7: Yeah, you know, uh, Hercules, I was involved in helping a woman who's now working with her. Um, uh-huh. uh uh johnson i brought in a uh, i brought in a i don't know i guess it didn't work out i brought in a camera crew uh to film it on a on, on sussex county uh, tv and elsewhere uh-huh. but i and, uh, uh everything the whole process of mortgage uh um, i i saw a scam the sheriff's department in Newark, in Newark essex county i don't share i don't i i know the sheriff's department in uh, Julius County. I know the sheriff. Well, I don't know the sheriff actually, and I know the sheriff in in, in uh, Sussex County. And I I've done projects with uh, 21 county sheriffs uh, for the federal government. Uh, you know, uh, uh, test development uh, strategies and, and things like that. Uh-huh. But I I went to, I went to a, a, with the uh, the Cynthia and a group of people. She had a large contingent of people.
1: We went to HUD, Cynthia. Cynthia is here. She's been here for a while. She's been uh, listening. He's here.
7: Yes, yeah, yeah, she was been um, in
1: the fire room. She's been listening. Yes.
7: Well, she's a she's a great community organizer. She's a great professor. Uh, I felt I let her down too, uh, um, but I saw that I saw a house a deal that somebody benefited because she had a large amount of land in uh, Orange nice house, they physically took her mother out of there uh, and her mother hasn't been the same but I saw HUD get a, 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 get a $100 check for that house and I never I, I I can't for the life of me figure it was a nice house I'm going to say that it was a blue I'm putting a label on it it was a, a middle class house it just happened to be in a black community and uh, I never got over that I felt I let her down uh, but I knew that she Bought tooth and nail but there's something wrong and our economy now is going to take a dip and uh, uh, um, unfortunately
1: they're going to cut us off in like 15 seconds Uh, we will continue this definitely these are all important topics we've been touching on thank you to everybody Um, and I guess if we could just close with some contact information uh, this will be a to be continued to be continued
7: Thank them both, Julia, Cynthia, and and
1: Autumn, all three. Awesome. Uh, Thanks, to everybody, for joining us uh, tonight. And uh, until next time, this is uh, Hercules Invictus, Bill Waitman, and all the wonderful guests of I Am Northern New Jersey. Um, Happy New Year to everybody. And may all of these issues be quickly and completely uh, resolved as the year moves forward. Thank you. Thank
8: you. Thank you, Hercules. Thank you very much.
1: Okay. And uh, I wish you all well, and I'm looking forward to uh, speaking to you all uh, very soon. And uh, Autumn, you and I will have our conversation uh, this weekend. And uh, also, while we were talking before, I had some uh, ideas also for Julia. So uh, I'll be contacting you through Facebook. Fabulous.
8: Thank you, Hercules.
1: Thank you very much. Okay. Be well, and thanks again, Bill. Bill.